Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode four. You are listening to Parts of Me Holistically, featuring your fumbling host, Sasha, aka the Smiley Limey, and the brains behind the Holistic Hero.com, that is. <laughs> um, I actually am doing this a little bit sporadically. Some of you may know I try to upload every Tuesday and what? No, not Tuesday and Wednesday, Sasha. Tuesdays and Fridays, just, you know, to keep consistent and life happens and I am unable to post on Tuesday the 7th of July. I'm dealing with some shit that day. I'm going to be planning to be, or I'm planning to be preoccupied. So I'm actually going to be posting it now. Yeah, just a little fun treat for you guys there. Um, This episode is something that is dear to my heart and something that is highly anticipated. People have been wanting me to talk about for a long time now. Um, I'm actually certified and educated in sex education through an amazing company called Smile Makers. Maybe you guys can guess what that means. Um, I actually found out about the uh, company through a girlfriend of mine when I used to be a member of Our Shared Shelf. It is Emma Watson's feminist or international feminist book club which is no longer running the way it used to but it's still a thing and I've made some incredible connections and friendships that I will have the rest of my life but one of my girlfriends from that uh, book club told me about this company called Smile Makers and I had also seen their products sold at places like Free People which is a place that I shop and they make vibrators and they make lubes and they have incredible talks about sex education, sex, masturbation, the female body, love, and, you know, health, sexual health, and it's just an incredible open space, and they make some incredible products, and they have a course called the Vulva Talks. That's what we're going to be talking about today, as I am certified, and I'm ready to talk about this. Let's get down and dirty and unfiltered. This should be fun. So, this is called the Vulva Talks, not just because that's what uh, Smellmakers designates it as, but because we are talking about not just sex and positions and all that kind of fun stuff, but we're talking about the female anatomy, which is a pretty fucking cool, amazing piece of machinery, per se. It really is incredible, and I always kind of knew things here and there, and I've learned throughout the years, but boy, oh boy, when I took this course, I was like, whoa. I felt kind of honored in that moment to be a female in some respects. I mean, maybe when that time of the month comes, I won't think that anymore, (laughs) but for the moment, I do. I'm pretty amazed at what God created or what the female body is capable of, um, But another reason I'm doing this is because sex education is so important. Um, And many sex education courses are actually designed or based around fear, and they are focused on abstinence. And while that might be good in some respect, if we're dealing with, like, the teenage population, um, I just want to talk a little bit more about things that women actually don't know and some of the facts I'm about to share with you may actually shock you um but sex education has actually factually been connected to a reduced rate of pregnancy of STIs um 
And that's basically from sex education that is in a safer, more inclusive environment. So that's what I want to talk to you about today. Um, A lot of sex education courses are also biased and linked to a lack of knowledge in females. Yes, and males too, you know, because I feel like it's important for males to understand a lot of what I'm going to discuss here, what females want to discuss and don't, because the more um, men understand this too, the more inclusive and understanding sexual encounters will be, um, treatment towards women will be, more respect, and I just think it's something that's really important. Um, But what might fascinate people is that 30% of college women don't actually know where the clitoris or the vulva is. 44% of women in the UK couldn't identify their vagina on a diagram, their own vagina. And 60% of women around the world couldn't find their vulva on that exact same diagram. Now, fear not, I'm going to go talking into depth about, you know, what is the vulva, what is the vagina, what is the clitoris? But um, those are just some facts that I want you to know now, so that way when we talk about that later, you can kind of glance back and maybe your astonishment will just (laughs) rise ten times more. Um, Yeah, so let's get into that right now, actually, about the vulva and the vagina. So what is the vulva? The vulva is often mistaken with the vagina. It actually encompasses the pubis, the clitoris, the labia majora, the labia minora, the urethral opening, and the vagina entrance. Am I being kind of like scientific in my terminology? Maybe, yeah. But if you actually look on a diagram, and I urge you now to go to my website, theholistichero.com, go to the section on womanhood, it's under lifestyle, and click on the sexual pleasure blog that I did, and I actually have some diagrams up on there from Smile Makers, and they're really easy to understand diagrams, and they really lay it out, so can't really explain that to you. You'd have to actually look at a diagram. But the pubis is the amount of fatty tissue which covers the pubic bone. And the labia majora is the fatty fold of tissues that actually surround the vulva. The labia minora surrounds the urethral opening and the vagina entrance. All three have rich nerve endings which actually make stimulation a thousand times more pleasurable pretty amazing, right? Vulvas actually come in all shapes and forms. There's no normal vulva. All are unique. We're all made differently. You know, we're all beautiful in our own way and we all have, we all appear differently. And sadly enough, 73% of women don't actually know where their vulva is. 43 are embarrassed by their vulva. How sad is that? When I read that, I, I just, oh, I, I cringed. I just couldn't believe it. We're ashamed of our bodies. We're ashamed of such a beautiful organ. I mean, I have been grateful enough to have um, a sexual partner that understands how beautiful the female organ of the vagina and the vulva actually is. And I can just say, if you have a partner like that, you're on the right track, my girlfriends. (laughs) The vagina, on the other hand, it's here comes the scientific terms. It is the highly elastic organ that functions for menstruation and childbirth and sexual pleasure. It's so that's what that is. The mucous membranes actually swell 
during stimulation and they release a liquid for easier penetration. I think you guys know what I'm talking about there. <laughs> but the vagina muscles actually contract when they lead up or when you lead up to an orgasm. They actually contract and you know that's what you feel when you feel right before you climax. You're feeling the contracting. That's what your vagina muscles. Those are your vagina muscles calling to you. But the back, this is a real fascinating thing, I thought, and I didn't know this, but the back two-thirds of the vagina, or the vulva, I should say, have little sensitivity, which is actually why um, there isn't a problem or there isn't really discomfort when you use a tampon or, you know, when penetration, you know, like when there's, ch- I mean, I shouldn't say that childbirth and penetration can be discomforting, but... Um, the back two thirds are less sensitive, which is why basically you could wear a tampon for a few hours and not really have a problem. But the lower one third actually has 90% of all the vagina nerve endings. And that is why you feel such sensitivity in that area. Um, size and length doesn't always matter during penetration because of this, although it does vary by person, person to person, I should say. Um, yeah, um, I actually want to talk a little bit about that, about orgasm facts. You guys are with me? Did I get your attention now? This is the good stuff. (laughs) 95% of straight men orgasm during intercourse. Yeah, 65% of straight women have an orgasm. 86% of bisexual or lesbian women tend to, and 89% of gay or bisexual men tend to have an orgasm. Surprisingly enough, the lowest percentage of that are straight women that actually experience an orgasm during intercourse. How sad is that? You want to know what else is sad? Men often define good sex as actually having an orgasm. Right. Women describe it as no pain. So why is there a pleasure gap? Well, one out of three women don't know where the clitoris is, okay? Eight out of ten women have pain with sex. Intercourse usually refers to penetration, and it's a fear and no pleasure-based environment when we're talking about sex education. Communication, exploration, and love closes the gap through better sex education and through communication with your partner and exploration and I hate to say this going off the train a little bit masturbation I find is to be is something that is so beautiful in terms of exploring and learning your body and your mind because if you understand that communication with your partner is going to be 10 times better because you understand yourself better you develop that kind of confidence and it just will make for better sex. Just saying. You want to get into sexual pleasure 101. Let's get into that now. The WHO, or the World Health Organization, does not literally define sexual pleasure. More so, it defines sexual health, including safe and pleasurable experiences. Without actually saying, you know, sexual pleasure is a thing. Yeah, I do I think that should be changed? Yes, but I'm not in charge of all that. Um, health, longevity, self-esteem, positivity, and confidence are all linked to sexual pleasure. It Sexual pleasure is not just about orgasm, okay? 
choosing safe and pleasurable relationships connected to fulfillment of sexual rights are vital for good sex. I'm not saying you don't have to ha- you can have those all, all those things in order to have good sex, but they are linked to good sex. There are stages of the sexual response cycle. Okay, there's four stages, excitement, plateau, orgasm, and resolution. So, you know what excitement is. Excitement is usually arousal through physiological changes which actually elevate the heart rate. They increase genital blood flow. The nipples become erect and you might have an increase in vaginal lubrication which obviously makes for better sex or yeah right uh step two is the plateau which is the heightened sense of arousal you know you know girls that build up before you reach climax it's just that intermediate part um and then we reach step three which is the climax or the orgasm which is the end of the plateau it is the shortest and most exciting part of the sexual response cycle and it's when the body muscles involuntarily contract which release endorphins those feel-good hormones that lead to better sleep better skin less stress and just oh my god that feeling (laughs) the intensity of orgasms are actually always different and they do vary by woman day movement and the way your body is designed and shaped actually do affect how you orgasm. So like, like sometimes you might expect to have a better orgasm than you actually do, but, or you could orgasm a few different times in the day for whatever reason. And they're all going to be different because it depends on all those different factors. That's something I actually didn't know until I took this education course, but then we get to step four, which is resolution. But that is when the body returns to normal, the state prior to arousal, regardless of an orgasm or not. So even if you don't have an orgasm, you know, sometimes just the sexual stimulation or the act in itself, um, it's a job and you resolve. And it's often with a refractory period, where that, which that basically means that you are incapable of arousal or orgasm by stimulation. So, you know, like sometimes if you have an orgasm, you can't have another one or you can't even be touched in certain areas because you're kind of hypersensitive, hyperstimulated. You can have multiple orgasms. That is a thing is a possibility and I'm here to tell you because I have experienced that myself it is not a myth um women tend to have a satisfaction well a shorter refractory period than men and many women do need to recover from low energy and hypersensitivity after sex or after having an orgasm or after just even being like sensually stimulated um So it's a thing and don't judge yourself or don't be too frustrated. I know it can be frustrating that you want to keep going, but be kind with your body and understand that doesn't always work that way. But this is where I want to talk about something that I am so over the moon about this one part of the female body that I just really upsets me that women don't even know about this organ or haven't explored this organ, but please listen to me. I guarantee you, your life will change if you listen to me right now. 
let's talk about clitoracy, okay? Okay, what we see of our clitoris is actually 25% of its entire structure. Pretty mind-blowing, but it does make sense, I guess. If you have a vulva, you have a clitoris. Unless you've had, like, I don't know, genital mutilation. (laughs) If you have, I'm very sorry, and that was probably very insensitive of me. But if you have a vulva and you have not experienced genital mutilation, you have a clitoris. Woo-hoo! So that is the, this is the fun part. It's the only organ in the human body, it's only in a female, that is actually designed and its sole purpose and function is pleasure. How fucking cool is that? Right? Like, when I first discovered masturbation, okay, this might be a little TMI, but we're very open here on my podcast. I was very young. I might have been, like, what, nine years old? And I discovered this organ, but I really didn't know anything about it, nor did I know it was, its sole function is pleasure. I mean, dear God, thank you very much. Amen. I think that's amazing. The whole structure of the clit actually encompasses the clitoral glands and the hood. The hood is what you see on the outside. Um, The clitoral shaft, the cruis, the corpus cavernsum, if I pronounce that wrong, please forgive me, and the vestibular bulb as well as the urethral sponge. That's a lot, right? Yeah, I think vaginas and vulvas are actually pretty complex organs, but I think that's pretty neat. The whole structure actually wraps around the whole vagina to form kind of like a wishbone shape or like a wishbone structure. Get your diagrams out, girls, boys, men, women, whatever you are, get your diagrams out, okay? Another interesting fact, the penis and the clitoris actually are similar in terms of how they're made or what they're made out of. They're made out of the same erectile tissue and both become erect when aroused, right? Pretty cool, huh? Um, The clitoris is an ever-changing organ, which comes in, again, all shapes and sizes, and it actually never stops growing. The clit is actually double the size when you're 32 years old than it was when you were, like, in your pubescent years during puberty. That's pretty amazing. And just even if your clitoris isn't even that visible, it doesn't mean that's going to affect how powerful or intense or sensitive your clitoris is so shape and size does not matter my friends um it actually contains eight thousand nerve endings and it interacts with fifteen thousand additional nerve endings throughout the pelvic floor i mean it's amazing the urethral sponge now this is also fascinating because this is part of the clitoral structure but the, cl- the urethral sponge is actually linked to the G-spot. Have you guys heard of the G-spot? Some of you have. Some of you, I'm sure, are very well educated in the G-spot, you know, course, <laughs> per se. But the urethral sponge is actually maybe linked to the G-spot. Um, and it's part of the clitoral structure. It's a spongy body of erectile tissue which surrounds the urethra. Okay, so in this spongy body are several glands, and two of them may actually cause the ejaculation fluids, which come before you orgasm or during sex or whatever. That is where that comes from. Did you know that? I don't know. Did I know that? No, I did not until now. 
it's really fascinating. It's really interesting and fun and more enlightening when, like, if you're having sex or you're having a sexual experience or masturbating or whatever it is you may be doing, actually know what's happening while these, you know, while you're having these, you know, performing these acts or whatever, it just kind of makes it, you kind of feel like you have more control over your body and you're just maybe even feel a greater sense of confidence. But something else I want to talk about is the erogenous zones. This is my favorite part because I'm someone that's really into sensuality. Um, I love ASMR type things. Um, I love sensual sex and sensual being with someone. Like, I could get off just, you know, when someone stimulates the erogenous zones on me, not even necessarily having intercourse. Um, But let's talk about those now. They are the highly sensitive areas of the body, particularly sensitive, which sends signals to the brain, okay? So when these erogenous zones are stimulated, um, or signals are sent to the brain to stimulate pleasure. Um, They all differ from person to person. Now, one erogenous zone may be um, more sensitive or more pleasurable to one person than it might to the other. Um, but what are the erogenous zones? Okay, so they include areas like the lips and the tongue, um, the ears and the neck, the armpits, feet, nipples, the palms of your hand, your inner thighs, mm-hmm, and yes, of course, your genitals. But these areas send signals via nerve receptors to the brain to signal that very sexual pleasure I was talking about. An orgasm is actually possible just by stimulating these erogenous zones, depending on which make you feel ooh-la-la. It's true. Just ask me. I'm living proof, guys. Okay, so that might lead us to talking about masturbation. What is masturbation? Well, it's been shamed for decades upon decades, myth upon myth. Masturbation is the self-stimulation of genitals for sexual pleasure, by definition. Okay, it's a, it's a way to connect to your mind and your body um, with better sex, okay? can actually lead to or contribute to better sex. It is harmless, it is natural, it's normal, with sexual satisfaction, and it's scientifically proven to increase health benefits, including stress and pain relief, menstrual care, or menstrual cramp relief. Where are my girls? I just raised my hand. Better sleep, happier mood, um, and a big-ass boost of self-confidence, okay? Beginners, well, I mean, beginners like we all do, but if you're a beginner, you can look at your vulva or your vagina to become more familiar and explore yourself with your fingers or a comfortable vibrator to find what feels good for you, okay? I mean, pleasure is an individual thing. It varies by person. It can change by hour or time of day. There's no right or wrong. There's no right way to masturbate. There's no wrong way to masturbate. It is just a spur-of-the-moment way to connect with yourself um, you know, inflict sexual pleasure or just pleasure throughout your body and your mind and just learn more about yourself. You know, I know a lot of people that say that masturbating with their partner, in front of their partner, masturbating on their partner during sex, these are also 
all like different types of things that help us just really connect to, on a different level. Um, it can enlighten one's preferences when having sex. Duh, you know more about your body and what you prefer, right? Outer course, well, outer course is a different type of masturbation, I guess, in a way, but outer course actually involves kissing or cuddling or mutual masturbation or even sexting. But um, forms of pleasure can change through age. You know, we're not all going to feel the same way about one sexual act or one, you know, feeling of sexual pleasure at one age than we might when we're like, 50 years old, you know what I mean? But just because you might be a certain age doesn't mean that you can't experience sexual pleasure, you can't masturbate, or you can't reach all these goals. Do you know what I mean? Is it loud here? Am I boring you? Am I rambling too much? Probably, but I'm on no sleep, and this is something that's a very exciting topic for me, but I promise I will wrap it up shortly. I actually want to talk about some of the more important things here. Um, Alleviating pain. Yeah, that's right, Sasha, pain. Alleviating pain for pleasure is something that I have actually discussed a lot with my chronic illness warriors and my spoonies. Holla, where are you guys? You guys listening to me while I'm talking to you right now? Um, Because I've had a lot of friends come to me wanting tips and tricks for how to alleviate pain um for pleasure so sex in real life is actually imperfect okay it's often noisy it's sometimes even awkward or painful it's a very um real fact for many people pain during sex is actually quite common and it is actually the leading cause in um in women for having pain during sex the main cause is typically vaginal dryness Um, But physiological and environmental factors can actually affect the dryness of your vagina. So, like, physiological factors might include, like, breastfeeding or menopause or antidepressants or even contraceptive pills, chemotherapy, or, like, infections in your body. Um, Hormone imbalances and yeast infections can also be a physiological factor. Um, Environmental factors might include stress, toxins, or like even dehydration. All those things are super important to take into consideration if you want to help that VJ dryness or just reach for that bottle of lube, you know. But it is something that you want to be able to stimulate from within. And I can tell you guys right now, if you don't depend on lube, it's the most amazing feeling because it doesn't interrupt sex it doesn't like make everything more technical you just kind of go with the flow no pun intended (laughs) but oftentimes um more stimulation is actually needed um in order to produce more vaginal lubrication sometimes if you just get that little extra push of stimulation you'll get that vaginal lubrication that you need and you didn't even know it like you had it and you didn't know it but If not, always consult with your gynecologist or your doctor just to kind of get extra guidance or maybe check on, you know, what's going on, what's going on downstairs, what's going on inside, Um, because you never know. But um, anyways, that leads me to another important topic, which is consent, okay? Um, Consent is not something that can be assumed unless clearly 
provided. It is a mutual and voluntary agreement between all parties to engage in any kind of sexual activity. Consent can be taken away, which should be respected, and sex without consent is considered assault. It is considered sexual assault. Um, rape is a whole other ball game, but if you are performing sexual acts on someone who has verbally or physically or whatever, if they have not given you consent clearly and you still perform that act, you, my friend, are conducting sexual assault. Or if, you've a vic- if you are a victim, I am here with you. And trust me, we will get into many more conversations about that. I'll have guest speakers on where we'll talk about our sexual abuse and sexual assault stories because that is a whole other topic we need to dive into more in this day and age and in society but um in terms of this is like the last thing I want to wrap up here um just glancing upon everything um on giving pleasure and receiving it if you can't speak it okay use your hands to guide them so basically like if you want to have that talk with your partner or your, your um, yeah, I'll just say partner, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your, your wife, whatever. If you want to have that talk with them and it's awkward for you about what you aren't comfortable with, what you don't like, or what you do like, what, you know, what does feel pleasurable to you, but it's kind of awkward and you don't want to like verbally say it, maybe even get a little sensual there and just you know, use their hands or your hands to guide them on your body, you know, about what feels good and what doesn't. Always speak positively to your partner, explaining what you like, whether, or you know, rather than just what you don't like. Or talk about pleasure outside of the bedroom. Sometimes talking about things like that in the bedroom actually make it more intimidating and make um, your time in the bedroom kind of just like not as pleasurable because that space has kind of become awkward or it's become uncomfortable you know it depends on what kind of relationship you have with your partner if you have a very open relationship sometimes those things don't matter but if you don't or even if this is a new relationship maybe talk outside the bedroom you know and uh you know never talk down to your partner always lift them up build them up speak positively and trust me, you'll have much better sex. Always take pressure off of orgasm and just enjoy the journey that is sex. And that is sexual pleasure and enjoyment and connecting with yourself and your partner through love and passion and sensuality. And just knowing that no matter what, there's no goal with sex. It's just about connecting with each other in the most intimate way you can on this earth okay there's no greater way to connect literally (laughs) um you know i'm talking to all everyone okay i'm talking to the gay community i'm talking to the lesbian community i'm talking to the straight community i'm talking to the trans and the bi community the disabled community and it's different for everyone of course but one thing i do know that how we connect intimately is different for all of us but when we reach that place of comfortability and confidence and just love it doesn't matter 
you are going to feel 10 times more um, connected to this person in a way that that's just, it's just, a, I don't know how to explain it. It's rare, you know, well, it's not rare, but not many of us actually get to that place where we are having an intimate relationship with a partner just completely freely where we don't worry about anything. We just are so passionate with this person. Um, You can't keep your hands off each other, but if you do have that, it is something that is so amazing and always take gratitude in that and always know that there's excitement in the possibility of always making the relationship better and better and better, not just in bed, but outside of bed. Um, I feel like sex education is something that is so important because there's still so much to talk about, but I wanted to just give a little brief introduction into female sex education and just talk about some of the basic stuff in terms of like organ structure and um, technical terms and things like that, but please always go reach out to me. You can find me anywhere. Um, visit the Lime Sisters page on Instagram. You can visit my page, The Smiley Limey, or just better yet, go to my website, theholistichero.com. If you go on Lifestyle and you go down to Womanhood, I'm always posting things on there about companies I love, about conversations that women want to have and just creating a really safe and open environment and yes unfiltered um it's a judgment-free zone no ignorance allowed but anyways guys i hope i enlightened you i hope it made you feel more comfortable maybe i even triggered you (laughs) in a good or bad way hopefully it's a good way hopefully you're reaching for your vibrator right now or you're just ready to talk with your partner whatever it may be I wish you guys all a beautiful week and thank you so much for listening these really do these podcasts come from my heart and my soul and it's a passion of mine and I look forward to doing more of these vulva talks yep have a great day guys this has been parts of me holistically